than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckhart and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, here we are for Monday's Experts, episode eight. We've got uh, Barnsley in the shed. Woody's here, but he's just attending to the crowd. He'll be back with us in a sec. Yeah, we've got chickens running loose in here, dogs, uh, daughters on the roam. Uh, Woody's got his hands full. He's playing drift defence all day today with two kids under uh, under three. So on your toes, big fella. Here he is. What Welcome, a, Woody. What a devoted husband because I think all the girls are out to lunch today, aren't they? Yeah. The girls are on the sauce. Chrissy lunch. They've only had six lunches, seven lunches this year. So let's <laughs> dial another new one new dress, in. new shoes. They get 600 bucks worth of piss and food and they yell at each other for six hours. It's like... <laughs> Where else would you want to be? How do you go when they come home? I don't. I just hide. <laughs> come hide under my bed. So what a weekend! Of the, what a weekend of sport! But the World Cup. I mean, it's really hotting up. Plenty of emotion. Yellow cards. Uh, misses at goal. Penalty shootouts. Let's start with the first game. Barnsley, Croatia. Did anyone pick it? Well, I, I, I'm not calling. I picked it because I didn't. But I dead set thought it'd be close, just because they are so hard to break down. Even though they went 100 and what 20 minutes in a penalty shootout in the last game, they still found legs on a fair few old old players out there. Got through from, you know, Modric, Perisic. You know, they they keep finding a way. And mate, I think what Brazil have 19 shots on goal. I know. Their goalie who looked a bit like our uh, the green wiggle, he kept it out. He was unbelievable, Woody. Gumby. He's Gumby. Like Gumby, you know, he's <laughs> stretching out everywhere. Is that his name? <laughs> no, I don't know. But uh, I feel like, too, if, you, if you're someone like Croatia, they play pretty slow. They slow the Brazilian guys down. It can frustrate them. They make bad mistakes, especially as the time goes on. Yeah. And then you get towards the end. Neymar scores, beats oh. Pele's record for most goals for Brazil. How good a goal and was that? And then you're like, oh, there we go. It's done. And then they just got the fight. They get that goal back on, the, what, nearly the 90th oh, minute I've got goosebumps right now. It's so gritty. It's like, it was like 116 minutes. It's so much. The, it's 90 yeah. minutes of, like, even though there's no scoring, it's drama-filled and it's like knife-edge, especially now where everyone's, the level's so close. You can see why it's played by all the Latino countries because yeah. it's all about tension. It's about you're screaming at the TV one minute, you're bloody cheering the next, you're crying the next. It's unbelievable. Like, soccer... I don't appreciate it uh, until every four years it rolls around, just because it's not in your face here in Australia. But, yeah. geez, I love it on the world stage. What about the fact, I mean, there's absolutely no love lost in that second game, Netherlands and Argentina. Oh. Well, how many yellow cards was there, Woody? I think it was a record. It was about 16 or 17 yellow cards. That's not even including the coaches and assisting <laughs> coaches that got cards. Well, when like, that was when the benches cleared, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah and even half. at the start before that, the assistant coach for uh, Argentina got a card, like probably... <laughs> 25 minutes into the first half So there was like So where do they go and sit? Do they have to exit the stadium? If they get a red They're out Yeah So Yellow where do they go? To the dressing room? No no yellow They just got a yellow And it's like you know just That's your down. first warning You get another yellow You're out You're <laughs> a red so, so the coaches have Obviously in front of their bench They have those boxes They're allowed to walk up and down Giving mm. instructions Your coach is he, He's gone He's up like about Five rows up in the crowd I think that's where They have to sit Or they can go to the uh to the actual dressing room. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Well, Argentina were just absolutely blowing up after the game about the referee. Well, I can't they want. They, they, they let the Netherlands back into it. When you're leading 2-0 with 
15, 20 minutes to go, you shouldn't let the team get back into it. And I know there was a lot of feeling pre-game due to Louis van Gaal, the Dutch coach, who, uh, I don't know, mate, I just think he's Dutch blunt, if you want to call it that. He yeah. just calls it how he sees it. He doesn't he doesn't pander to Messi or any of the superstars. He just calls it. I know there's a lot of feeling with, like is it, Di Maria hates him from his time at Man U. Yeah. So these these two nations and the history going back to, what was it, 214 and that yeah, penalty shootout as well. Yeah. It, it had that... Queensland, New South Wales feel to it, and it lived up to it, mate. I loved it when the benches cleared in the second half, and they're you know they're all in there. You want that? You want that? It adds to the drama of the of the game. Do you think Messi could have? I don't know. How tough would it have been for those guys to go back to Argentina had they lost that penalty shootout after leading two nil? I don't think they'd go back. I don't think <sighs> Messi yeah. would. I've, you'd almost imagine Messi would have immediately retired yeah. from international football, and you'd probably say. He'd go back to Argentina in probably two years or three oh, years. I reckon he'd buy but a place at Port Douglas. I don't know if you saw on that. There's a there's a clip on Instagram. Uh, I can't remember the, the player's name that scored for Argentina. And the whole team ran to him. Messi ran straight right to Martinez, the goalie. That oh, saved the first two shots in the yeah. penalty shootout. How good put, is he, that guy? He is a wizard. Yeah. Well, he saved us. He saved yeah, them against, against Oz, Oz yeah. to maybe go to extra time. It was a good dance he pulled so off Messi, after the second So Messi one. didn't even go with the players to, to hug the guy that scored the goal, the winner. He went straight. He was the only player that went straight to Martinez because he understood the situation. Where does the goalie play? What's his club? I think he's in Spain. I think he right. plays for one of the Spanish clubs in the you know Jeez, he's up for a pay rise Jeez, he's good he's been amazing he's been on fire yeah and he's got a, he's got a really high penalty um save record i think he's over 30 percent or something yeah which is it, pretty rare for a it's goal, pretty so. cool like i don't know if you guys paid attention but every time the, they swap over so the guy that's just scored the goals walking yeah. back to his team he's yelling at the guy walking down for the thing and then the opposition keeper has got the ball and he's looking at him like handing the ball over going, fucking, you miss it, you fuckwit. Yeah. Or whatever. So, you know, having a bit of argy-bargy. Like, there's a bit of drama in every situation. They almost need, like, a different camera for the penalty shootout because when you actually watch it on YouTube and that post-game, you see it from people in the stands yeah. and you see all the gamesmanship oh, and shit that goes so on. Oh, so much to it. How much did Argentina, after that last goal went in... They are just feeding it to the Dutch players. That's what I mean. Like it's 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 so different Europe to South American teams. They're so much more emotional. They oh, fucking just lose their geez, shit. Geez, they get into it. Well, I mean, talking about emotional, I mean, uh, Suki Ronaldo was sent packing by the Moroccans. Fuck, he he come on, but he had he had no impact. That's just it's just funny when you you you. I feel like too. He kind of dug his own grave. He was not willing to put in extra effort to play more for Man U. So his whole lead-up to the actual World Cup was pretty average. Sounds like the players are off him. Well, he could never make an impact. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was quite interesting after the game. And they, were sort of, they made murmurs of this prior to the game. But all they wanted to talk about was the fact that the Moroccan and the, uh, and the Portugal game is that they had an Argentine referee. Yeah. And then when they lost... They all, well, all they banged they on about is that, yeah, they basically just said, all of them, to a man that was interviewed, just said, well, we knew that we weren't going to win because we had an Argentine referee. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Like, Shut up. They had their chances, yeah. mate. And Pepe, had a, he had a chance right on the edge of the far post with a minute on the clock. So, you know, his header goes, you know, just to the left of the goal post and, you know, and that's one all. But congratulations to Morocco. Yeah. Jolie picked him. Yeah, day dot. He's before riding the him. tournament. He's got to be riding him. I know one of our mates has yes. got a lot riding yes. on him at the moment, and, and um, 
He may or may not sponsor the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I, well, I reckon. I, hope he comes I, reckon if, I reckon if it gets up, he'll continue to sponsor the podcast. He'll have a great Christmas <laughs> if it gets up. Because <laughs> that's unbelievable. Like they're the first African nation into the top four. Yep. Ever. So First Arab Arab uh, Arab, Arab country well. to make the top four, like Arab speaking African country, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Okay. So if they had an African country into the top four, I don't think they have. I don't think they have. But Arab speaking and African. Yeah, so I, it's like a con yeah, yeah it's a combo. combo. Can they get to the final Woody? So they play France. Yeah. Mate, they get to they get to kneel all and get them to penalties, dude. You you shoot. They play like, France, and you know Beppe's coming off a game where he was ridiculously quiet against England. They defended. Yeah. They def- they played like England played so well. They're probably the better team. They were, they? but they were probably the better team for a good part of the game. Mm. They just had it. They just they just played him really well. They knew if they could get rid of him, that they'd, they'd be you know, a lot better off. But Griezmann and and Gerard, they play, like Griezmann yeah. in the middle. He played so good, and he hadn't been playing that well. You don't yeah. want to be an English supporter, do you? Oh, they've, they've had some dramas. <laughs> Poor bastards. I've, I feel for Harry, Harry Kane. I know, I remember the commentator saying prior to him taking that first penalty, he pre-plans his penalty where he's going to put it so he doesn't have to think about it when he but, goes but out d- there. Just before you keep going, and his penalty is against his Tottenham, Tottenham goal, goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. So yeah. they go against each other for the last, what, eight years? They've been doing it in training. Imagine yeah. the shit talk you would have. Was, was, there, any, was there any shit talk there? Loris is the French captain. Yep. Harry Kane's the English captain. They both play for Tottenham Hotspur in England. Did you say any? Was there any sledging prior? No, to that I thought they're, they're they're actually really good mates. Yeah, like, apparently oh, they they're really tight. And apparently, I don't know much about Loris, the captain. He he was the captain when they won in eighteen, but um, really highly regarded. Really speaks really well. Apparently, yeah. So I'd imagine they're pretty res- pretty respectful to a degree. But fucking, you're trying to get into the semi-finals of World Cup. They only happen every four years. Yeah, it was it was interesting hearing Boz and Fozzy like um, talk about it post game with that penalty shot. It's like it seems as though he had a plan on the first one. He knew he was going top left corner no matter what because he he pre plans his penalties where he puts them before the game. And I'm just wondering whether he had a plan for a second one because most of the time you go into a game with thinking you're only going to get one crack at yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was kick because, it out of the stadium. Well, that's the thing. He, he just. I reckon he's seen it out of the corner of his eye, the keeper going his way, and he's tried to pull it up higher, and he's, he's he, blown over. He's, I think his percentage for uh, dot shots, like for them, just in the Premier League, I think he's second or first. Like he's the almost the best. You'd almost put your, oh. well, that's put your what life the, on him. That's that, what the commentators were saying. He kind of never fucks yeah. up. He never goes high, but he always likes to kick up. And they say if you if you if he's if you because he looks down, so he always looks down. But he always, as he's going through the ball, he always likes to kick it up. He doesn't like to roll it in like Messi yeah, and that. Messi yeah. and that usually watch the keeper as they're running in and they'll change as they're hitting it. They'll change directions because they kind of watch where the keeper goes. Whereas he always likes to just hit up and high and you've got to sort of get to the ball. Yeah. I, I, but that's what can happen. Remember in, I think it was, was 1994, Biagio. Biagio, yes, the same, Italians. He did the same. He, mm. His sort of technique was the same. He'd hit up and under and... A plantini for France in in nineteen eighty six. They were talking about it. Bosnia, yeah, Foster. he was. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, he had the same technique. He was one. Of, like again, they were both amazing penalty shooters. But and that can happen. Mm-hmm. They can go high and over the middle. So I got a question for you, Coach Barnes. Um, you're a goalkeeping coach. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Do you dive left or you do, do you dive right or do you just stay in the middle? Oh, I was I was actually thinking Kane. I'm going there before it, mate. Just go like. 
I'm, I'm backing. I was thinking he was going to just go up the middle because you'd back him to go one way and just try and hit the middle and go high and hard. But I, I don't know, mate. These guys that have he, – he's gone against Harry every day at training. He'd know he'd want to go high. that top corner, but he's just gone there. Does he go there again? What did Boz say? He says when you're a top goal, you should always go the same place twice. Yeah. But then he said every goal he knows that now. Yeah. But, you've again, you've got – the goalie's still got to react and beat your yeah, kick. Yeah, correct. Like you still – like you should – he realistically should have backed himself and gone – I'd rather him save it and go the same kick because he's going to go. He's going to hit over the ball versus up, and he wanted to hit to the top of the net. That's his yeah. other shot. Yeah, but I just I look. It's England have got a young squad. All their best players are under twenty six. They'll have a they'll have a good side moving forward. But two major penalties, shootouts, or a penalty for Kane in real time, and then Euros penalty shootout for the win at mm. Wembley. I don't know. I don't know how. There's a few ghosts in the closet. Oh, there's penalty shootout ghosts for England, big time now, and they've got a golden squad. Like Saka, is it? Is it Saka? He was amazing. Well, we'll get to. Um, I think our caller this week is is a very distraught um, English fast bowler. So we'll see what he's got to say. I'm sure he's probably out on the turps now in Dubai or wherever he is. Uh, cricket. Uh, First question, I think, well, firstly, West Indies have been poor, but is there anyone in world cricket at the moment better than Marcus? Lose bus change. Marcus or Manus? Manus. Oh, Manus. Yeah. <laughs> only one other batter. Honestly, there's only one other batter, Condo, that is better than Manus. Kim Hughes. <laughs> Unbelievable <laughs> I'm not going to live that down, am I? I changed you it to Sasha Tendulkar for fuck's sake. Is there, but? Oh. Like he, I mean, he's a bit... I don't know. He's a bit quirky to watch, but geez, he's hard to get I'll, out. Isn't I'll, he? I'll say, I'll, I'm. He's good in Australia. He's yeah. okay everywhere else. <laughs> I want to see him in India. Fucking, you know, we got a good chance here. We play, we play India in India. Next, are I the think. South Africans going to throw up any more, Barnsley? Oh, they'll be better than what the West Indians. Yeah, are West Indies up, a dead set. Fucking. Oh. The Austinville fucking Galanas or something. They're fucking <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I tell you the best it's, part about the best part about the whole day yesterday was watching Rashid Khan bowl to Brian Lara. Yeah, at that, was, that was good. The yeah, the, the way they do those, um, I, I don't know whether it's Howie or the producers who are sorting those little uh, what do they call them segments uh, takeaways. Well, yeah. it's a segment. Yeah. Segment yeah. in the breaks. Really, yeah, like break but segment. I remember last or two years ago they did one with Rashid Khan and Warney, and they <laughs> bowled them together, yeah. and it was just you're watching. The greatest of all time and the best modern day leg spinner too. What was the go difference in speed with those two? Twenty kilometers. Really? So Warney bowls around early eighties, and he's a hundred. Uh, and 100-ish. and and yeah, Rashid's ninety five to one hundred five. He mixes in there, and the difference was Warney had the same grip every time, and he'd bowl. Obviously, he'd have his leggy, a toppy, a wrongen, and a flipper. And Rashid, what he and he just have it the same grip, same scene, di- dictate it with flight and stuff. Whereas Rashid's all about, um, he's got seven, six or seven different grips he holds on the ball to get different sorts of leggies and wrongens and, and spin. And it's the speed with which he bowls; it's just so hard to pick because he's bowling so quick at you. You don't get time to watch the revs on the ball, so you've really got to pick it out of the hand with him. Do you? So, yeah. Do you? Would he like? Would Warney? Warney's really good bowling. Would it have had way more spin? Would have way more revs. Oh, I thought Warney is a bigger turner of the ball yeah, because like he bowls a bit slower. He used he'd, to rip it more for sure. Yes. He'd make it move more, sort of thing. Yeah, and especially probably get on a little a, bit more drift, yeah. and especially on a wicket that was had a bit in it. Warney would expose it big time. Yeah. But what Rashid's done is he's made spinning 
He's made a leg spin bowler probably your most important asset within your T20 team now. Like, you've got to have a leggy now to be realistically well, a team done that can win it. Forms, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, but because Afghanistan's only recently come back yeah. into Test cricket, it's been on the T20 so circuit. Have England so. got one? Like England won the T20. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, Adil uh, Phil Tufnell. <laughs> Phil Tufnell. Kim uh, Hughes. Kim Hughes. <laughs> now nah, they do. They've got a. They've got a good leggy as well. Um, we've got it in Adam Zampa. Yeah. So most teams do have one now, and it's and it's pretty important. But Zampa's th- not a big spinner of the ball, but is he? Oh, he's not too bad. He yeah. bowls it reasonably quick too. He pushes them through. You got to in T two. You can't loft it up there. Or these guys are going to town yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> but stand. Great to see Lara and him going at it because Lara was traditionally the greatest player. Well, he'd be up there with the greatest player of spin bowling. Like, who, who would be the best? Do you th- do you think? Like, I know we don't know this historically, but is, did Bradman play against a lot of spin, or back then was it just mostly medium to fast? I don't know, mate. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that was I can't. A fair while ago, it's only a long about time a century. Ago. <laughs> so, the grainy black and white footage I'm not up to speed with, but Michael Clark was very good against. Yeah, him. he was. He had yeah. good footwork. But Lara, you used to know Lara. You'd love seeing him and Warnie go up against each other because yeah. he'd take Warnie on, and some days Warnie'd get him. Yeah, but there was a lot of times when Warn went the distance when Brian Lara. Very come early on in his career, uh, I saw him get. Uh, was north of 200 at the SCG. Yeah. Lara. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, he's good. Let's go back to your question, though, <laughs> with Manus, because he's absolutely on a tear at the moment. And I think what's going to define his legacy is can he get hundreds away from home? Yeah. Because I don't know if there's a better batsman in Australia than him. Like, he's played 30 tests, he's got 10 hundreds, and nine of them have been in Australia. Oh, okay. So yeah. his big test is can he get runs away from home, um, and that's going to come. But geez, he's good here. So this year they go to India for six tests or five tests or, what, or four tests. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not up to speed on that. I know they got South Africa next, and then they've got they a go big to, tour. They go to yeah. India, yeah, and then and then it's Ashes in the middle of the year. I'm sure. I'm not sure how many tests in India, but it's a I mean, minimum it's four. Generally I four. I, th- I, th- I know. I was reading an article. They're playing. At a new stadium that hosts 120,000 people, it's up Jesus. in the north part of India. It gets one of the tests. It doesn't always get a test, and this is brand new stadium, 125 or something like that thousand people. So I think they've done something similar to like the MCG, you know, a big like coliseum really type one. Coliseum. Imagine mm. that. Oh, unbelievable! And it's up up where it's I think quite cold. That's what they're saying, the north part of India. Well, that'll be a good test because you'd think they should probably roll South Africa and move into two really competitive yeah. uh, series. You never know, Rabada, man. He'll fucking keep them on their toes. Yeah, they, they will. But I just – our bowling attack is so strong. Like, when you've got Scotty Bowling steaming in – And with Ne Even Ness is a good bowler, mate. Michael Nees are like these, – these two guys are coming off the bench for us and, and get picking up fivers. So – when you got when you got these guys sitting on the sidelines and Pat Cummins and Hazelwood and friends to come back, it's just a nightmare for these guys to face. And congratulations to Nathan Lyon. He just surpassed Warney as the mm. highest ever wicket taker on the Adelaide Oval. That's a fair achievement. Gee, I wow. tell you what, he's still bowling amazingly, but isn't he? Oh, he is, mate. Considering yeah. he's he's a great story. He goes from Adelaide Adelaide like assistant groundskeeper to our second best spin bowler of all time and probably the greatest off spinner in the history of cricket. So it's a um. He's got to be up there, mate. We, we, oh, I think we he get, probably. I'm we just get thinking about. It. I, think, I think he'd probably be right. I <laughs> what think what about? Uh, yeah. That's why they call him the goat. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, cricket inside out better than I do, Barnes. But if bowling, like who, who is the first guy out to get bowling in if he's just 
goes fucking mad the next few tests. Like, is there someone like in in the? Would you take Stark out? Is Stark still bowling? No, nah, well, Stark just gives you that little bit of. You've got to have a differentiation. Having that left arm and the fact that he can bowl rapid and gets and tail swing. enders out quick. Yeah. He's a nightmare for the tail, and to have that. Is you he just still? A, at, is he still at that level? Like where he's can. He can flog through a, a, the last. Yeah, four. I think so, mate. Yeah. He's found that form again, especially yep. in that T Twenty World Cup. He came back it was again. On fire. Yeah, he came yep. back. So I heard someone uh, make, uh, give a good summary on Stark the other day. They said if he's just if he's not bowling at like ten out of ten, he's still sort of high one forties, one fifties. But as soon as he starts to swing it when he's really on, he said it's unplayable. Yeah, wow, you just yeah. can't play as Yorkers, well, mate. Yeah, I remember him bowling. Uh, I think in the 2015 World Cup, do you remember? I think it was then he was fucking couldn't. No when they beat New Zealand in the yeah, final, yeah, I think he got mm, McCullum MCG, out, yeah. or someone like first ball or something. Yeah. Like. but I, I feel for Scotty Bowling because geez, he bowls well, mate. We his test figures like, are ridiculous. We needed him in like 09 and 010 when England was smoking us. Mm. We mm. had like fucking. But he's a great story of what what. It used to be like in Sheffield Shield yeah, cricket. So correct. Scotty Boland and Michael Nisa are kind of like your Michael Kasperwitz and your Andy Bickle, who yeah. plug away for years and years in Shield cricket, finally get an opportunity and, and just, kill it. Yeah. But they're never going to be there because they happen to be in a generation of Glenn McGrath, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie. And, yeah. oh, it's you know, a bit so. like Mark War. Mark War scored so many Shield runs before he got a crack. Oh, so the many. The list of those guys yeah. is unbelievable. Even Adam Gilchrist. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Law. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Well, let's uh, Kimmy. Kimmy, she shut the fuck up, Woody. Okay, so let's move on to our first time caller, long time listener. I'm, I'm actually absolutely hanging for this one. Right, lads, fast baller here. What do I fucking say about that absolute shite? We are absolutely devastated here at the moment. I can't believe it. The greatest choke in sporting history is England. England in the fucking soccer. We can't do a thing right. Tell me this. What is the greatest choke in sports? Because at the moment, it's fucking Harry Kane. Right, leave it with you. About to go and get absolute... I think he, he just got cut off there, but I think his last word is, I'm about to go out and get absolutely munted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a He's all time. He would be hurting this He's morning. He's definitely not bowler. happy. Uh, well, Woody, you can go. You can go first on this one. Uh, biggest choke. Far out. I'm trying to think of. Oh, Condo, you've got yours. I reckon you lead us off. Fire us into it, mate. Oh, look, I didn't think at the time until I watched the thirty for thirty earlier on in the year. But I've got to go, Greg Norman at the uh, at the Masters. That's, oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. No, and not. the reason I'm going to go that one is because I think it's a really and you know I mean the guy's won ninety times around the globe, so he could win. So we're mm-hmm. not saying that he couldn't win. He was an amazing golfer, one of the best we've ever seen. Um, but uh, the reason I raise the flag on that one is that he he. His mantra obviously moved away on the Saturday night when he was leading by five or six or whatever it was, totally worrying about the result, not the process, when on the Saturday night the NBC uh, reporter um, made just a very one-line sort of mention on the uh, Golf Channel that night about the fact that he started to see a few chinks in Norman's mm. the back end of Norman's third round with his swing um, to the fact that Norman turned up at the course the next morning and... Now, as we all know, Greg's pretty well connected. Uh, rang his mate at NBC and said, who's a reporter? Went into the reporting room and absolutely ripped the guy a new one about what he reported and then went out and we saw it firsthand that there actually were a few chinks. He should have been the first cunt to interview him off the green. 
So that's mine. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, tough one for me, but I'm actually going to go Fatty's Neville Nobodies in 1995 in the Origin Series. So people think 2020 was a, a, a big upset win, and it was, but nothing compares to the year when Super League ravaged the game and our Maroons with Brett Dallas, uh, Terry Cook, Craig Bartram went up against Johns, Harrigan, bloody Fittler, everyone, and Barn- they won three zip. Barnsley question, is that the one when Fatty got in the lift and Ben Eichen was there and he said, what are you doing here, kid? And he was actually in the squad. Yeah, he goes, no, Didn't he goes, him. what are you here on holidays, are you, mate? And he goes, oh, no, my name's Ben Eichen, I'm in your team. <laughs> the first day in the lift at the new hotel, so... Yeah, that's what that's what it is. Like Ben Iken was just picked out of school. He basically turned up at, at North and got chosen. I think he was even at the Gold Coast then. Sorry, he was at the. And is that the series that um, the was it the hooker took to Andrew Johns? <laughs> yes, I think it was actually cattle dog. No, no, I don't know if it was cattle dog that one, but uh, that was that night when Jamie Goddard dead Jamie set Goddard, put, put five yeah. or six of the best ones on Andrew Johns's chin. <laughs> And, uh, and he was a Golden Gloves champion from Central Queensland. So Joey was like, oh, fuck, I've got to fight the one guy he can fight. <laughs> anyway, I'm going that one for Fatty, Fatty's, uh, Fatty's no-names. That's hilarious. He brings up State of Origin again, Woody. Fuck, it hurts. I know. It's fuck, terrible. it hurts. I can remember that. Uh, I'll have to go with um, 2016 NBA Finals, Golden State versus uh, Cleveland. Oh. Cavaliers, they were 3-1 up. They won the year before against the Cavaliers and LeBron mounted the first 3-1 comeback in uh, NBA Finals history. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, there's a great 30 for 30 on the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Um, oh, Woody's got the crowds going wild out My here. baby is crying. Yeah, be back in one <laughs> sec. Uh, yeah, 30 for 30. No, nah, that 30 for 30, um, all about, you know the curse of the Bambino? Yep. So... Boston hadn't been able to beat the Yankees in, I don't know what it was, 70, 80 years. 2004, semi-finals of the World Series. Yankees go up 3-0 and they've got to go to Yankee Stadium. And the, the heat on them that night was unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, check it out because that's an absolute cracker because Boston find a way to win that game and they go on to make history by being the only team to be down 3-0 and go on Is to win Is that on Netflix? It. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd be able to track it down. It's one of the 30 for 30s. I'll, um, I'll just Google it now and check the actual name for you and final word. Righto. So uh, homework review. Uh, this will be Woody and, uh, and Condo's review this week because, Barnsley, you're going to get on a plane. You're all over the place in the next uh, 10 days. Yep. We're going to do Blood Brothers, Malcolm X and, uh, and, and Muhammad Ali. Yeah, looking forward to it. I, I watched the first 15 minutes last night and uh, it's a really interesting time in, obviously, Muhammad Ali's life, but also the whole... I guess American, probably politician, po- political. Polit- yeah, mm. arena. It's, it's a whole that whole landscape in the mid to late sixties. It's crazy. That's well, good. Oh, I'm, I'm glad we found something that I haven't watched. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. No, I'm it, watch it tonight. It looked really good. Beautiful. Uh, get off the fence. I, I mean, we touched on it on Friday, but we sort of got to talk about it now because it's really blown up. Is um, Sandpaper Gate is back. Um, Dave Warner has blown it up, uh, and then his manager. Highly respected manager, James Erskine, um, IMG background, uh, which is Dave Warner's uh, manager. He came out with some really explosive sort of accusations the other day that, you know, officials were in, officials were in the, um, what do you reckon, Maya? Yeah? Um, what do you reckon, Barnsley? Uh, honestly, I'm, terrible. I'm, I'm not up to speed on it all, to be fair. 
I don't know enough about this to comment on it in respect to both parties, to be to be honest. Um, How would you be sitting in the shed during a test match and that all blows up again? And you, and you got you got four of the four of the current quicks that were in South Africa at the time and Nathan Lyon that are still in still playing test cricket and I don't know is it all driven by the fact that he's launching a book is it it's just I don't know they seem harmonious out there on the pitch Warner's had no luck he's dragged two balls onto his stumps I'm guessing he wishes he could let his batting do the talking he hasn't been able to do that this series but from all when I see him get a wicket and I see him all come in there doesn't seem to be any disharmony there so if Warner's got up in front of it all and and you know, got up and spoke to the team prior to all this coming out and dealt with it in-house, then then potentially it doesn't have the, um, you know, it's not going to have any ramifications for the team. But, look, I don't know. I, I don't know how explosive these allegations are or whether they're just simply trying to sell a book. I just Surely Warner doesn't need the money, does he? He's got four houses in Vaucluse. Oh, I wouldn't think he needs the money. I, I, I don't know. The, the only reason I question it is because of uh, the amount of respect in sort of sports management world that, is held for James Erskine, so it's, yeah. it's a bit of a surprise to hear him come out like really front foot. Do you guys think he he should have a shot at being captain again? No. Well, why not, Woody? Because he doesn't deserve one. I just don't think it's 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 he's past his time where he should really he, like he's probably let's say at best another year or two left in the Test arena. Yep. And and Smith, if anyone's going back in out of those guys, it should be Steve. And Steve got interviewed. And he just goes, I'll step in and help whenever Pat's not here. And that's all I'll do. And I'll help him when he's here on the field. And that's it. And that should be the, that should be the attitude of... Um, of Dave Warner. Dave Warner. Yeah, I think that's a great point, mate. I think that's it's, fair. he's got to put the team ahead of his fucking own personal agenda. And he, he had his chances. He was vice captain. And, you know... Cooked it. He was... Like, even before that stuff in, in that second or third test at Newlands, mm. do you remember when he was with well, the – he was having the blow-ups on the way into, like, lunch or whatever? With yeah, the, yeah, and, and the, the stairwell. Faf, 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 no, it was oh. – there's the keeper. Is it JP Dumini? He was – Oh, yeah. Was when they made comments yes. about his wife. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it was all back and forth. Like, I, I just feel like he doesn't seem like the very calm level guy. He's more – Lunatic open batsman. Oh, he's a dog. He's a dogged competitor, yeah. Dave Warner. And I think he, at, during that period of time in South Africa, it was he was he was instigating a lot of it. I think, yeah. And he was going about it the wrong way. Yeah. But I, I've been impressed with the way he's turned things around. But more impressed with Steve Smith. So yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying with those comments. But I don't. I also think in Australia, he. Yes, he made an error, but he shouldn't. He's done his time too, yeah. so I don't think he should be castrated just, for that either. I just think, as a as a cricket player, as a competitor, <laughs> he should be um, he should be just looking to help. He shouldn't be trying to fill his own yeah. agenda. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great See, point. And that that's just more like if I was if I was like a selector looking for the new captain, I want to see the how they are as a person amongst the team. Yeah. Steve's just like I'll fucking help when I can. I don't mm. feel like it's my team. It's Pat, he's the captain, and if I need to fill in, I'll fill in the best I can. That's a great point, mate. Yeah, so and that's kind of where got, Ronaldo is with yeah. his. It's that, it's that you want to see guys be selfless. And yeah, so team you, first attitude. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's all I mean by it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's probably got a great cricket brain. He's a great competitor and he's a great batter. But as a person to lead 11 other guys or 10 other guys, I feel like I wouldn't want to pick him. Uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace this week, Barnsley. Yeah, Bob Cooper, um, former West hard man, you'd call him. Big, huge, um, huge front rower he was when West were really in those, uh, what do you call them, tough sort of 
Knock him down. The fibros yeah. and knock uh, him down. Drag him out. Days. Yeah, when he he actually was he's got the biggest suspension in the history of the NRL. Um, he came in on a fight one day and he he had three punches. Each one of them broke something on someone else's face. So, uh, you know, in the past he might have got a slap on the wrist, but that was at a one time in 1980 where a judge decided it's time to crack down on it. And um, he said, this sort of stuff needs to be obliterated from the game and I'm obliterating you. And he rubbed him out for 15 months. So, well, And the two to come out of that era were West players, uh, as in big suspensions, Bob Cooper and Les Boyd. Yeah. So uh, it just looks sad. He was 67. He had a long battle with cancer. And, um, yeah, you just feel for him because I think off the field he was, a, you know, one of those nature's gentlemen, you know what I think. But when, it, when he crossed that line back in those days, similar to many others like him, he, uh, he had fists of fury. <laughs> it was like it was like kill the, is kill kill the, the deal, deal with the pill. It was like that back then. <laughs> right, I don't think we've got a balls up or a balls deep this week. Uh, so we'll just go to the final word. Barnsley, where are you off to? Just give us the final word on where, where are you travelling to in the next 10 or 15 days? Yeah, I've got a bit of uh, a bit of Newcastle, a bit of Japan and a few other things in between. So uh, hopefully teach a few sh- people how to kick. He's stripping at Chippendales up on the... At yes, Brazil. that's the next one. Yeah, just <laughs> <for sure. laughs> He's doing the body voice. Nah, calendar. so got a bit on, mate. So I'll be away for the next few. But uh, look forward to listening in, boys. And... Uh, Look forward to you guys holding down the fort. Final word, James? Don't bring your kids to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, giddy up. We'll see you back on, uh, on Friday. See you, Maya. See you, Rexy. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>